All right, all right. Check one, check two. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Rob Cantrell coming back with another episode. We're at 239 at this point, and it's blowing my mind. We got we're at a great coffee shop. I got a great friend. We have a beautiful view. Uh, we have some apple pie, caramel apple pie, and we're at a place called Four and Twenty Blackbirds, which I gotta say is some of the best pie in the world. But besides the pie, I got one of the best guests in the world. One of my favorite human beings, one of my dudes uh, from the get-go. Man, he just released a new special called Slow and Steady. You can check it out on his YouTube. He had an HBO show slash Adult Swim show uh, called Joe Para Talks to You. Give it up for Mr. Joe Para. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me back. It's not Joe Para Talks to You. That was early. It was uh, the Joe Para show. Uh, Joe Parrot talks with you. Joe yeah. Parrot Oh, I had it right. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. C- thanks for joining me, Joe. Cheers. Thanks for having me for coffee and pie. Yeah. I woke up about 20 minutes ago, and now this is the best way to get the Tuesday going. That's what I say. You got some good, you got a big cup of black coffee, and then, oh, look at that bad boy. Uh, I have some coffee. I haven't really smoked. Joe is actually weed personified. <laughs> Your presence, I don't need him to smoke pot when I'm around Joe. He slows me down and gets me into my comfort zone just being around this cat. And I'm just so proud of you. And uh, Joe, thanks for in, uh, coming and having pie. Do you like I've apple played. pie? It's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. I would say blueberry, cherry, apple. I like the fruit pies more than the, the, the chocolate and the... The, the, the coconut cream pie type stuff. Yes, yes. I, I'm an apple pie from the get-go, and this has a salted crust. It's uh, apple pie. I used to I used to make apple pie and then take a slice and then put it in a bowl and cover it with milk and eat it like cereal. That was one of my moves growing up. That Did you ever do great. that? No, I never tried that. But it's, yeah, no, we used to, my grandmother used to bake pies and send them over and we had exciting we were allowed to have pie for breakfast and everything it was the best oh pie for breakfast is the best i love a good pumpkin pie a good apple pie yeah that's how my mom was was just like i loved apple pie so she would just make them and i would just (laughs) put them in cereal bowls and eat them with milk did somebody teach you that or did you just start doing it no i think that was a somebody taught me that that's kind of a down south thing i i think it is uh and then I also, this is random. Have you ever heard of a slice of cheese on top? I have only in movies and stuff, though. I've never done it. Yeah, yeah, that's very classic. And I used to, my, uh, yeah, my mom used to bake them like that now and then. And then we would be like, what the hell is this? But then, actually, it wasn't that bad. What kind of cheese would she use? It was like a yellow cheese, but very thin, kind of like on the top. So it's almost like a glaze in some sense. The thing about the apple taste, it can go with so much. That's true. You go apple peanut butter, mm. apple cinnamon, apple milk, apple, uh, that's about it. <laughs> no, uh, what else? Can, apple and sandwiches, I've seen that. That's a little crazy. You know, I like, 
apple on a turkey sandwich a lot. Oh! Just a little thin slice. That's it, nice. It's nice. I won't never, I won't do that for myself, but it's a, I won't do that for myself, but it's nice to, uh, to order at a deli or something like that. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Uh, so, yeah, this is, we're here at 420 Blackbird. Am I still chilling? Oh, yeah, I'm still in the shot. Uh, and this is a great pie shop. It's right down uh, near the Bell House, which we both performed a few times. Yeah. And you had a monthly show at. Yeah. Uh, which was a lot of fun. And now tell me about your new, uh, your new special. It's exciting because you filmed this all yourself. You put all your own, uh, you, you did it all. You did the whole production. We worked with a lot of the great people, but yeah, we independently produced it. I put the the money I made on tour and selling hats and sweatshirts into making the show because uh, I don't know. I wanted the the jokes fell at the right point to tape, and uh, and I was just excited about getting it out amongst a bunch of other reasons. And I don't know. It's neat though success some of our friends have had putting it out on YouTube lately and just getting it out there and I don't know that's the best that's the the, the most important part of making it work is making sure it gets out there and there's a lot of um, stories about people ha having, getting, having trouble getting stuff made or get stuck in one part of the process and it's just the show is ready so oh I love it because, yeah, with material, like, after three years, stuff starts to get stale. And that's kind of, like, where I see, like, a special, like, doing one every year is a little aggressive. But I, I think a, every three years, I think, feels more natural. Yeah. I'll admit, there's some jokes in the special I've been doing for a while. I mean, maybe six years on the one uh, I was it changes everything always changes throughout and it changed even more in the last year and a half of taking it on the road but i got that joke about the squirrel uh, picking up the pita chip that leads to some crowd work and that uh that's that's not too new it's a little i don't know, i've uh yes i would say i've been doing that one maybe the second longest and then the first longest one was the joke that starts it and then kind of ends it to the whole cubes for my boys. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. I was excited when I first found that one and I did it for a while. I think it's still a great joke, but I retired it for a couple of years having never recorded it. But I was ta talking to uh, uh, someone on a podcast about it and explaining like what my favorite joke was and then I realized that I should start doing it again because it's I think it's a very beautiful joke in how it functions and it's it makes sense but also it's got a little magic where it's so it gets a little laugh and it's not like a hard punchline it's just the right phrase and words and the concept and so I ended up bringing that one back out of retirement after that conversation, and it was so fun to do that. Eventually, I decided to wrap more of the show around it. Oh, I love then, it! And then kind of use it to anchor the ending as well. And it was, um, yeah, it kind of grew just from that 
one opening joke into something that hopefully holds the whole show together and it's neat that that I don't know it's like that one idea that I think David Lynch talks about kind of just getting that one idea and stuff can uh, gets attracted to it like a magnet once you have the right idea and you just kind of give it time and let it sit and attract other ideas and uh, that's kind of how it works yeah, and it makes it all encompassing and uh, kind of brings it all together. Like, yeah, the same if you're like cleaning up your room. I love cleaning my room and getting everything simple. And you're like, this place is a mess. My life's a mess. But then if you start very simple and kind of build on it and you'll feel where everything's supposed to go. The same thing like in art, whether you're drawing birds or uh, spaceships. Uh, yeah, you'll feel, you'll see what it's, where it's supposed to go if you're honest with yourself. And you just need that one corner of the room. And if it's picked up just right or you get just the one right idea, you know that it's solid enough to build on. And that's so exciting. And I, as soon as I I thought that, I remember the night, it's a, the joke is about making ice, ice cubes for your boys. And I came from, I came home from a concert and I was very happy and feeling good and the ice cube trays were empty so I I filled them up and it was just the funniest to ever put together the phrase in my head cubes <laughs> cubes for my boys this, and then just the, the the setup of it with that follow through it's which is uh, it's it was just it made me laugh that night and just thinking about it and it all kind of came together and you know it's just like that one you're you have something solid and funny that makes you laugh and then that's like the best feeling in the world it feels like you're stumbling across like a little uh, gem and it's very lucky yeah very lucky now in my early days i did have some ice cube material myself interesting but mine was a little bit more dark what was your ice cube material it was about revenge <laughs> <laughs> and it was more about, I, I, oh, you're going to, you know, I'll get you back and you won't even know it. it this is something in my 20s, but I was like, I'll invite you to my house and I'm going to offer you some, some fresh Brita water. Oh, you want some ice cubes? No problem. But guess what? I peed in that ice tray. So no, it's not, it's not as good as uh, for your boys, but I do love the concept. I do remember toying with the concept of ice cubes and being like, oh yeah. That's so funny. So you invite your enemy over. Yes. And you offer them Brita water. Brita water. I remember clean Brita water, not like the, when you got the fresh filter. Yeah. Not the dusty filter, but the fresh filter, right. and, you, and you frame it all up, and little do they know, you know, <laughs> that they're drinking my pee, which is psycho. But uh, it was, dirt, you know, I was younger and goofing off. I don't do that material anymore. But I do I know, know that. I think you should bring that one back. I know, I know. I do need to bring a little bit of the evil back into my act. It's gotten really, I've been smoking so much pot. I've been just literally been uh, hugging trees and, and, and staring at flowers lately. But uh, but I do want to let go of that material, and sure, you've yeah. you've cornered the tray with the ice cube material right now. If I I did it, I I did my version of it. There's so much more I'm sure there to say about ice. Oh yeah yeah, uh, you know there's so much more. And then the slushy is something I've always oh snow cones. I remember hanging out with a comic, and his side gig was if this was in Oakland. California, right when I started outside of San Francisco, and uh, 
John Alston, a famous old school San Francisco, Oakland comic. But his side gig, he was like, Rob, I got a snow cone machine. I go to the fair, I make $100 selling snow cones. All you need is ice, and then you got the flavor. Bam, bam. Never thought of it that way. It's, yeah, it's just need a refrigeration system, right? And the ice has got to be crushed just right. You know, it's, it's, it's different than the cube method. But I will say, when you do have an ice tray, and it's just clean and mean, and you got some good cubes ready to rock in the morning, whether you want some ice water, or maybe you, you enjoy Coca-Cola, you know, uh, some cubes can really rock it out. Makes a difference. Dude. Yeah. Did it freak you out? I know you toured Europe. Did you drink any of that hot co Coca-Cola over there? I know they don't mess with ice cubes like we mess with ice cubes. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I, I never remembered an absence of ice. If, I don't know if it's maybe things uh, changed or, you know, taste changed, but I didn't, I didn't, the... I gave uh, what was it the the, the British uh, ales a chance that are served at room temperature. Beer's got to be cold. <laughs> Coming from Buffalo, yes. Sorry. They gotta have Labatt's is cold, and it's cold up there. Yeah. But you still, yeah. Something, something about beer. It's nice when it's cold. That's yeah. I like. Yeah, nice cold. Even at a, even at a hockey rink. Having a cold beer at the Sabres game mm -hmm. is better, yeah. Uh, it's so good. Oh yeah. But and yeah, I think my favorite drink from doing shows in Europe was in Portugal. They got these. I forget what they call them, but they're like just so you can order a little glass of beer at the 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 cafes, just like a little like maybe point three three ounces, and just it comes super cold in this little glass. You sit down, if you're tired in the middle of the afternoon from walking around, you get just a little glass of beer that doesn't get you um, too buzzed, but just gives you a little lift to, to get through the rest of the afternoon. And when it's really nice, and they, they get uh, the ones that they uh, served in uh, Portugal uh, were really nice and cold, and that, was, that, that hit the spot. Portugal, I can dig it, man. Uh, those little cups... I could see see that being. I, I always like the taste of beer. I've kind of shied away from booze these days. I'm more cannabis and coffee. Uh, but I d always loved beer when I drank it. I, like, I didn't love it, love it, but I did enjoy the taste. And speaking of those glasses, I'm a big fan of the tiny glasses. So you, you don't drink too much that you have to pee a gallon and you just get the essence of whatever it is. You know, juice. What about juice in tiny glasses? Are you a big fan of juice in tiny glasses? I am. It's nice. Yeah, again, it's just a little shot of orange juice in the morning. Oh! What about some grapefruit juice? You ever mess around with some grapefruit juice? That's why it's important to have a small glass for grapefruit juice, too, or else you'll get a little bit... Your mouth will get real... Yeah, you can't take too much. You can't drink a, a pint of grapefruit juice. No, it hurts the stomach, too. So just a yeah. little shot... Just cut through your, your breakfast or whatever is that's nice. Yeah, cut through the ham and eggs and potatoes and cheese and onions. What oh. what, what is the, your perfect size glass? Well, I I do like a that for juice. Even for coffee, I love these cups. These big saucers. There's something 
there's something like I just want to draw and write poetry. Um, so I enjoy a big coffee, but I, yeah, I like the two little mini bombers of juice. There's something I just love to go, you know, just a little orange juice. Uh, I've been, I got into uh, watermelon juice this summer. Really refreshing. Supposedly, like, watermelon juice is like, like, gets your cells and everything hydrated in ways that nothing else does. Sure tastes great, too. Oh, it's delicious. Yep. It, it's delicious. I had some good watermelon a couple weeks ago, and it, it was in season, and I was in just in heaven. And You buy the whole thing? Yeah, I did buy the whole thing, and I chop it up, and then when nobody's eating it, I make slushies. I put it in my blender with just ice, watermelon, and sometimes I break off some mint from the window, mm. and then I hit it with some honey, and then voila When it's hot, if you've got a watermelon slushie, dude next level that sounds great yeah it's great uh i had a couple questions for you sure uh what is you know you tripped me out because uh you have this like cool like uh i don't know you have your own vibe which i love but then you also know about hardcore music and you kind of came up in a hardcore music scene well dan lakata which we've had on the podcast before uh is more I guess more of the thespian, or what am I trying to say? The more of the educated into hardcore, and yeah. but what were your what are your top hardcore bands? Would you say Joe Paris number one hardcore band? I don't know. I don't want to name so everybody. I feel like this is an easy one to get judged on. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I like the my favorite part about hardcore is going to see it in person. And so, probably my favorite aspect of it was when Dan would say, you know, there's this band playing, or usually, you know, uh, if they're playing at a local spot, that's better, and say, come on, I'm going to the show, and I'll say, oh, that's, all right. And, uh, yeah, go just going along and just getting kind of, I don't know, being part of the energy of it. Yeah. Being bounced around. You like jumping up and down. You like bouncing around. You never got into, you wouldn't say, like, for me being from D.C., you know, I love uh, Minor Threat and Fugazi and all that stuff, uh, which was a little bit more educated, felt like, a little bit more higher end than some of the other stuff. Sometimes hardcore and punk. I was around early punk rock in D.C., and the only thing I always say about punk rock, it's a tad violent. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of violence. Uh but I could see it being fun, and I love uh, slam dancing being fun. The kids are going nuts these days to turnstile, and I've been listening to uh, Angel Dust is a new hardcore, ba- like a spinoff from those dudes that I've been Spotifying and rocking out. Now, you had a guy, uh, an awesome musician that played an acoustic number, but he had this cool acoustic guitar in your special, and it's almost like... Uh, uh, I've seen it before, but I don't know enough. It's like electric acoustic guitar, and he plays this beautiful number in the beginning of your of your special. Yeah, Ryan Dan, he's got. Um, he was really excited about that guitar. I don't know about that much about guitars, but he was it's very cool. excited because he said it's like the guitar or one of the guitars that is ideal for playing acoustic in a live setting and and hooking up without compromising the acoustic sound and a lot of uh, live performers used that one and he was excited when he got that for the tour 
yeah, I've been seeing more and more of that guitar and being like, oh, what is that all about? It's got a, like, I guess it's got an electric neck and it just rocks out. Does he play in a band or is he mostly just all solo stuff and then he's worked on your show before? He makes a lot of his music on his own and he's big on sound design, doing a, recording a lot of the stuff himself. He just, for we did a Halloween episode of our uh, sleep podcast that was for Spooky, so... He uh, he has a musical saw that he'll take out. He just likes learning new instruments and. Um, He's a master of tone. Yeah. I, that's what I got with his voice. He was very. Uh, the guitar matched the tone of the uh, of the the voice and matched the venue. It was very simple, but very cool. And the lyrics were very simple, but uh, yeah, that had a rhythm to it. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's assembled a band to play some of his music live his band he goes by Holland Patton Public Library when he's making music say that uh, again to me I like that name Holland Patton Public Library Holland Patton Public Library there's a place in New York called Holland Patton and he named himself after the library but I think he got he just did a post about it because I think that they didn't call themselves the public library it was like it was a library by another name and then so he felt it was okay to name it that but then I think there's some confusion and people are always yeah thinking, thinking he's a library or visiting the library's website <laughs> that's a different crowd yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a it's a funny name and it sounds nice but yeah Holland Patent is a real town in New York and that's where he got the idea Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm a fan of public libraries. I'm a fan of libraries. I'm bummed, uh, you know, that they kind of got a bad rap in this modern times. But uh, are you a fan of libraries in general? Definitely. I used to, one of my favorite things to do on tours, I'll go to a a library in a different city and sit and write. Dan and I went to one in... uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, that was very nice. Oh, very nice. And that's a nice place to do work and get a feel for, I don't know, pe- people of an area. You could do the same at a coffee shop, but I'm, I'm, uh, I like the, the quiet and the setting a lot. Yeah, there's no capitalism going on at the library. Nobody's trying to get money out of you. You just kind of hang out. And uh, you kind of just vibe out to some free books. And uh, they got some good couches, and you can find a quiet space. Yeah, I have done writing at libraries. Uh, Yeah, they're amazing. I should do a little bit more. It's just the age of laptops. Once laptops came into it, because I got to use the bathroom. So I'm writing, and then I'm like, oh, man, I got to use the bathroom. And then I got to shut everything down. (laughs) Then I got to take my lap book. Or, you know, Fort Collins, maybe somebody won't rip you off. I don't know. I like writing at the, the library on 42nd Street a lot. I used to go quite a bit. but I bet it's beautiful. I've never done that one. That's really? a, probably the biggest Times Square. That's Times Square Library? No, a little below. It's uh, more east. It's the, the Schwarzman Library. Very cool. And uh, Tomas Delgado likes to go a lot. But, uh, yeah, it's always because you got to drink the coffee to get uh, ready to write and get get energy to sit and focus. And then 
it's so big you walk in you walk past everybody and it's quiet so you're kind of you know everybody's making noise and you pull out the big wooden chair that makes a little noise and then in 30 minutes if you gotta pee you gotta try and get back up out of the chair as quietly as possible walk around it's like a it's nice that's why it's a dance I, I I'm not I don't I don't pee I don't think I, of the people I know I don't think I pee the most kind of in between but I pee semi-frequently so when I write at home I love just being able to get up go to the bathroom and then get back to my desk real quick and not lose the thought it feels like yeah I love writing there it's such a nice environment and kind of funny because in such a, a beautiful scholarly room to to write uh, kind of dumb jokes it's a funny thing to me oh yeah people are studying uh, old books and you're going for the PhD trying to get a master's getting their LALSAT on and uh, you're writing jokes about pita chips and squirrels and Dr. Pepper what really matters <laughs> <laughs> It's a funny contradiction to me. And then, um, that was a nice aspect. Uh, I did some a couple of weeks of shows in London. Mm -hmm. And pro probably my favorite parts of being in London was they got a lot of libraries that are private, which is weird. But What is a private library? Like, I guess it's like a country club for books. Yeah. You got paid to go in, but... Paying to read books? Dang. But there's this... I can't remember the name. They'll give was, you a powder wig. <laughs> but there's this one. It's like a A lot of writers have worked there. Nice. And I sprung for the uh, two-week membership. And uh, it was just lovely. It's, you know, kind of, there were a bunch of different... It wasn't as big and open as the New York Library, but there were lots of really comfortable small rooms. And they had desks even next to the stacks in the basement. And stuff so you could it was a nice place to find a little nook and just do what you needed to do and it was just a lovely setting to uh, to, to walk there and uh, sit down and do some work and then yeah and uh, yeah I was ready and now yeah, it was funny too because I was amongst all these like s serious writers and big books and I was working on a really dumb script with Dan and, uh, which is yeah it was the best though and it feels I don't know would you do I always dreamt of doing a writer's retreat really you just need a space where you're comfortable and there's a clean bathroom and uh, to get your write on yeah I think my one friend uh, I think Adam McKay even said sometimes we'll just go to a, a hotel rent a room and uh and right and then my friend who did it said you feel kind of the guilt of having spent money on the room so that guilt drives the 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 writing process yes and i'm like oh shoot i didn't i hope i didn't waste this money yeah i've done that with the writing packet that was uh i didn't get the gig but uh i just did one night at a hotel room i put the pressure on and was like yeah it just takes me a lot to focus um, but when I can, I have I love writing. It's just a muscle that you have to like keep doing in order for it to really click in nice. Yeah, and the routine and finding the right space helps a lot. 
What's your routine right now with writing? Are you getting up like, okay, nobody bothered me from 10 to 1, and I'm just jamming on my keyboard, zero YouTube? I haven't been the best lately, to be honest. Yeah. But when I'm really doing it, when I have my perfect writing day, I'll, and I, uh, in New York, I'll wake up, I'll go f f for a little walk, I'll keep the phone off, and not with me. I'll, I'll go for a, a half hour, hour walk, kind of get the pace and start moving the words in my head. And I'll come back read for like 15 to 20 minutes and then just start going and get, you know, if you get a three hour chunk in, that's really nice. And then take a break. When I was writing the TV show, I would try and do two shifts. Like, you, get, you do that in the morning and then you have a little lunch and get yourself caffeinated and geared up again and you can maybe do two or three more hours on like a great day. Do you do another walk for the second session? I like the idea of walking without the phone. That's a great idea. Put the phone away and then you get the blood pumping and you're out there looking at the sky. You have to keep the... Uh, I don't know. It's. I think it's, it's easy. It's nice. Oh, that's a nice... Beautiful bird. A bird just flew down. The sun is out. We got great Brooklyn traffic right here that we'll give you a couple shots of. Um, but, yeah, and then so uh, yeah, I think it's it's nice to you know surf the internet during lunch or do something. TikTok uh, dance. Do the gritty. That's the temptation. But if you can pound a water bottle, do a TikTok dance. <laughs> Referencing his uh, special, one of my favorite. Oh, oh, that was my favorite. Is you chugging the bottle of water to kick off the special, and the placement of it was even more genius. Thanks. A little behind the scenes. It's a great way to stay hydrated on tour, totally. especially because if you go into the green room and you have a beer before the show, and then you're doing the show for an hour on stage, you get it was my way again. Two water bottles and in a funny way and I didn't even have to interrupt the rest of the jokes to do a sip or anything you just kind of go get it condense into a few seconds drink it and then you're back in shape and it does help by the end of the night you, when I've I mean when I do two shows in a night that's four water bottles mm -hmm. which is all, that's a lot of water and I do have to pee real bad in between the shows but overall it's a nice It I think it's actually was a healthier thing than not chugging water bottles. I know, you do like a few beers after the show, and that, at, on the road that can all add up after a while, so I'm glad you're getting hydrated, Thanks, you, you're taking care of yourself, and you're actually in putting it into the act, which is brilliant. You know, I knew a bunch of comics that would do shots of booze and everything oh, really? on stage. <laughs> that was a part of their act. You have uh, put water into your act, which is uh, brilliant. Kind of thought it was funny and simple. Chugging alcohol is, I don't know. It's a maybe, I guess, yeah, well, it's, it's been done on stage, but when you chug a, a Poland Spring half point five liter bottle, it, no, I don't even know. I forget. But it's I think it's a, yeah, I think you're right. 1.5. Regular water bottles. And I feel bad about it. I was not, I tried, I recycled them, but I felt bad about using the disposable plastic water bottles so apologies for that
apologies for that. It was merely an artistic choice, and it does make it into the recycler. Yeah, it's so weird that we are even at the point that we're shaming for plastic water bottles. But it is odd that we constantly use them, and we shouldn't use them, because uh, the earth is pretty sweet, and, uh, you know, to cut down plastic is cool. Uh, but it, for the comedic effect, yeah. And when you need some water, you need some water. It's funnier to do a bottle or two than a than a glass, a large glass of water, or I don't know something about the plastic. Chugging one of those is so kind of unimpressive at the same time, <laughs> and um, uh, I don't know. It feels funnier than chugging most other things. Even there was times uh, like the uh, some at one venue they had the Fiji water bottles. Very exciting. Uh, but like it's not as funny to drink to chug a Fiji water bottle as it is just to drink one of those uh, <laughs> water bottles that you buy in a Bulk. case at Costco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things you should they feel do feel like pieces of paper. Uh, Joe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a quick break. Okay. I'm gonna run and do the bathroom. We'll do ten more minutes, okay? And then we'll be done. Can you hang in there? Yeah. You gotta leave this in the edit, though. Okay. Alright, Rob's taking the pee break. Uh, try and describe what's going on. It's a perfectly blue sky. Not a, uh, a, uh, a cloud in the sky. Just a little one. Let me show you around what's going on. That's where all the noise is coming from. They're doing construction up the street as well. Um, there's a, they're unloading a, 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 brew, a beer truck across the street. And uh, if you can't, can you see there's a subway line right up there? Um, yeah, and down one block over, there's a there's the bell house, like Rob was saying, where we do a lot of our shows. It's nice and noisy, but, uh, oh, he's back. Sorry, I was just showing him around a little bit. Oh, nice, perfect. Okay. Joe, you're too good. I got so excited. Check. okay? Yeah, that moved it a little bit. I like it. I like it. Uh, I have to do more sound. And yeah, we're at, we can keep going here. 35 minutes here, yeah, if you can give me 10 sure. more minutes. Sure. Uh, and enjoy some pie. Now I feel a little bit more relaxed. I just got so excited you being here. I pounded a full, I pounded a, a Chemex this morning. Then this is like my second big saucer of coffee. <laughs> and uh, I also had a banana shake and I didn't have any peanut butter so I just put a granola bar in there and uh, that's where that's where I'm at so I just had to use use the restroom everybody and I, I apologize Joe your time is precious you're at, too cool to do this at what point of the interview did you have to start going to the bathroom I always have to go <laughs> no I right now again no I don't uh, yeah it was I got excited and then you were talking and I was like 
I forget. It was like five minutes ago. But then there was a point where I was like, I'll just hang on. I'll just hang on. And then there was a point where I wasn't, I wasn't listening enough. And so I was like, <laughs> my bladder was calling, so I had to go for it. That's good. That's, yeah, that's good. We I'm, have been talking about drinks for a lot of... I mean, we were talking about chugging water bottles right before... That was when it happened. Yeah, that's when it, when I started to, which was, which was my uh, LOL moment of your special. I love that, and I love the ice cube joke, and I love the cutaway to the the man in the back of the room, which I've heard on the internet. They, they, is that your dad? No. No, that's I met your dad. Yeah, I saw people were saying that's your dad on the comments, and I was like, no, I met his dad. I don't think that's his dad. That's just an ominous figure uh, being se- serious in the back. Security guard at the venue. But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was funny. It's funny when the internet is confidently makes an assertion like that. Like, that is totally not true. Yeah, you could have. My dad is Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> no. Are you watching? Have you watched any good movies, Joe? I wanted to talk about music, movies. This is the Cannabis Coffee Hour, so it's like food, music. I'm trying to think about good movies. movies I've seen. Did you see Barbie? No, I haven't seen Barbie, but I haven't seen Oppenheimer either. I haven't seen Oppenheimer either. Uh, either. But I did see Barbie this weekend, and I liked it. I thought it was good. Nice. Blew my mind. Uh, I thought it was great. I was into it. Nice. I got to see it. I've, yeah, I've been mean to just haven't been to theater in a while. Yeah, as from a filmmaker's standpoint and an actor's standpoint, it's, they, yeah, Will Ferrell is really funny. And then the one, yeah, there's a couple really good funny parts that I really enjoyed. That's nice. And it's shot really well. It's shot really well, like... Yeah, just the way it's shot artistically, it's really cool looking. Yeah, no, I've heard it's good. I gotta check it out. Yeah, check out Barbie, my man. <laughs> now, how? I, but you, what? I know what you like. What, now, I don't know much about sports. Are the Bills any good this year? Is that you got a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt? Uh, this is uh, University of Buffalo, the Bulls. The it's Bulls? Really, oh, it's not. <laughs> it's is, so close, but it's really. Is, yeah, it's kind of funny. Everything in Buffalo is named either like a bison or a buffalo or a big, big truck. <laughs> but um, no, there are ups and downs. They just lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars mm. in England, but it could have been a lot of things. We got a lot of defensive injuries and also the jet lag. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, not. We're still seeing how things are going, but they they had a really nice game against the Dolphins the week before, with a with a quite a few scores. So uh, looking good then. Yeah, the loss. Football in Europe doesn't count. If you lose over there, that doesn't count. Uh, especially, yeah, that's a weird place to play football. Would be in Europe. They shouldn't be doing that. They should just keep it around. Not to be too national, but it's just a. Uh, I'm just trying to root for you and spin it positive for the Bills. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, the fans seemed enthusiastic, but it's like a lot to be, I mean, if you've flown overseas before, it's like a lot to do jet lag, and then I can't imagine having to get tackled F with jet lag. Yes. So. It's never, like, I do think 
uh, you know, as a comedian, that is one of the things. Like, I think comedy keeps me young, but travel will age you. Like, if you do a lot of travel, like, it, doing those long, you know, to Australia, to Japan, cross country, like, that shit wears the body down. Yeah, being in an airplane for that long isn't good for you. No. Um, uh-uh. But at the same time, I think, uh, has the Bills ever won the Super Bowl? No, they haven't. That's what's beautiful about it. I don't want to mean to bum you out, man, but they will. I hope so. We've been playing pretty well the past few seasons. We had some disappointments, but uh, we're going to get the Chiefs this year. In San Francisco, the first dude, shout out to Gray McDowell uh, from Buffalo. I crashed on his couch. He was an old friend from college, but he loved the Bills. And there was a Bills bar in San Francisco where they would all, everybody from Buffalo would come. Is there a Bills bar in Brooklyn? Do you know a couple where everybody congregates during the game? There's a few around the city. There's, yes. I mean, Bonnie's Grill on 5th is a Buffalo-owned bar, I think. And they have really good chicken wings. And a good chicken, a Buffalo chicken sandwich. Amazing. I have yeah. gotten their wings there. They are good. So that's good. We didn't watch. We got wings while watching the game last week, and they, you know, like when they put the the breading on them outside, so they're uh, um, no, so not great. But there was a when I first moved here, I would go. There's one called McFadden's, kind of by Grand Central Station. Would, Irish spot bar, classic uh, Manhattan spot. And I would go there, and it was people would get. Wasted in the afternoon, but there was one fun game when the Bills went 4 0. I might have been 2012 with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we beat the Brady Patriots. And we, it was an incredible game back and forth, touchdown, touchdown. Um, and then I remember just the Bills fans at the end of the game, it was it was a nail biter, and it was. Maybe one of the best games I ever watched. But I remember the Bills fans just like spilling out drunk into Midtown Manhattan at like four in the afternoon, and kind of like all these people were just kind of looking at all these drunk Buffalo people running <laughs> around. But they were so happy, you know. We're, so we're happy to the street. People were doing Bills chants at Grand Central Station. Um, What's the famous Bills chant? Let's go Buffalo. The Bills. Oh, it's let's go Buffalo. One, two, or three. Whoa, one, I love that. Two. Let's go Buffalo. And then they do the shout song. They, in the early '90s Super Bowl years, they took uh, the shout song and put in the word Bills, and it goes. <laughs> they go. The 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 Bills make me want to shout. Put your hands up and shout, and they just. Yeah, so it's just that, you know, the old... Make me want to, Bills, put your hands up. Bills, put your hands up. Is that no, what it is? No, the shout. You still shout? The Bills oh. make me want to shout. shout. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo. So they just slightly modified the, the classic song, and you'll hear it at every... If you go to a wedding of anybody from Buffalo, they'll play it, and people cheer for the Bills on the wedding dance floor. Oh, nice. Uh, dude, I grew up with the Redskins, and I grew up in the Appalachian Mountains, this small town called Buena Vista, Virginia. And then they, uh, I played football in public school 
everybody played football. It was total Friday night lights uh, type of environment. But I remember the big cheer. For, the, the team was called the Blues. They were just the Blues, <laughs> which is cool. And they were the Fighting Blues. And uh, no, I, re I remember the, I just loved cheers. And th they had a cheer I re always remember, and it's really corny. It's big dog, little dog, floppy ear pup. Come on, blues, eat them up. <laughs> Which is all, it, but that. But then the Redskins had hail to the Redskins, hail victory, Braves on the warpath, fight for all DC. But then, fight for I, all DC. yeah, fight for all, oh, dude. And then it had a whole other thing, and they had a marching band. Really? But then it ended up being, you know, one of the more racist names of all time. <laughs> but I have a joke that they shouldn't have changed the name. Instead of the Redskins, they should have kept it the Washington Redskin Potato Salad Football Team. <laughs> That's very good. Have you had Redskin Potato Salad? Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's, it's the best. That's such a good idea. There's a Redskin Potato Salad on the helmets and everything. Yeah. It was, and I always said, and that has the herbs of Provence. When they bring out the herbs of Provence, oh, dude, because the Redskin potato salad, that's not the yellow stuff. That's the good stuff. Uh, yeah, you just go, Redskin, let's go, Redskin potato salad football team. <laughs> so you're pissed at the commanders right now? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, that whole world fell off uh, when they moved it out of town. I don't know. The, uh, everybody I know from back in D.C. has kind of gone nationals, gone Nats. Like, everybody's into the Nats, and the Redskins are, yeah, I don't know. They, but they're changing everything around, and, uh, yeah, the Commanders. Yeah, I don't like that, man. It's not that great. You're commanding. What are you commanding? It's not that fun. No, no. Um, yeah. The soccer team was the Diplomat Mats. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah. That's and very fun. Dipset, before Cameron and Dipset, shout out uh, Cameron and Dipset, there was the original DC soccer team, uh, the Diplomats, and they would play the Cosmos and all that like in the 80s, but uh, the Dips, they called them, which was kind of cool. That was very cool. Uh, did you play soccer? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I was the backup goalie in high school. Oh, really? Great. I, I like being on the team. It, I got it. Uh, I was, I was real chubby for a while, and then it helped me kind of uh, uh, lose weight because we were running every day after school. It was nice, and I love, uh, I don't know, being outside after school. It was a nice way to, I don't know, it was a nice activity, but I wasn't fast enough to play any other positions or a good enough runner, so I played goalie, and then I, like, I was pretty. I like playing it in practice, but it's such a high-pressure position during the games. Yeah. Because it's either there's nothing going on, or you're getting shots and uh, and you know you let one in. That's that's the game in soccer, and then everybody on your team is upset at you because they've been running up and down the field for uh, uh, 90 minutes, and then you just blew it for everybody because you're not good at jumping. Yeah. The penalty kick, it's so much pressure. Yeah. It's just one on one, and you got to take it to the face. Did you have the nice pair of goalie gloves? They were okay. 
They're there okay. was the starting goal. It was real serious, and he had like the the nice, uh, like a really nice pair. I had a, I think I had a good pair. They make them so that the the plastic in the fingers, so your fingers don't bend back. Oh yeah. Sort of, which is kind of fun. You feel really, it feel kind of cool to have the gloves on, and then yeah. It's kind of like Wolverine. Yeah, I never, I didn't play. They have plastic fingers, so you, but Just it makes sense bags. so you don't jam them. Yeah, and then. Uh, they really smell. The challenge with soccer goalie gloves is to try and keep them aired out so they don't start smelling bad and fungus growing in there. Because they're like kind of, you know, your hands are sweating, and then you're supposed to keep them a little damp because they got a little stick stick to them. Mm. Uh, when it, so you can grip the ball, so you don't want them. Yeah, but uh, you don't want them. To, to, anyhow, if they have a propensity to start smelling if you're not careful yeah you got to turn them inside out put them in the sun does that have to move or maybe just give them to mom to wash no you, you can't put them in the washer that ruins the grip oh yeah you need the stick stick but uh you know you hit them with a little lysol at the end of the day and you just try and make sure that they're opened up and if you leave them in the your bag that's when it gets real gross oh nice yeah uh yeah, Joe, you've been too good. You've talked about sports, talked about food, we talked about music, we talked about your new special that you could see on uh, YouTube called Slow and Steady. Uh, is it? Do you like turtles? Definitely. Yeah, I love. I don't think I want one as a pet. I've heard they smell real bad, but yeah. I do like going to uh, Prospect Park and looking at them in the ponds there. There's so many over there, and they all sun out during the sun. They literally go out and just, like, lay out and chill out and lay on top of each other. Yeah, shout out to all the turtles in Prospect Park. Yeah, I, slow and steady. You know, in this world of uh, everything which just moves so fast and TikTok and Instagram and so much information, that uh, but being yourself and kind of getting in the moment, and uh, taking it at, at, at your own pace is just uh, just a powerful thing. Where'd you learn that? Um, lots of places. I, on stage, it's just nice to have your own tempo and not try and match the pace of, you know, the comedian who went up in front of you you know going real fast it's nice to make sure that you want to do your jokes how you feel that they'll be delivered the best and also yeah it's i think the audience appreciates when this show is able to slow down and they feel at a more relaxed pace um too and not having stuff thrown at them it's fun to have space to process even think your own thoughts in between jokes and what the person's talking about on stage not too much time but enough that it feels like they're part of the show and then um yeah there's lots of reasons but you're saying stand-up taught you to be more in the moment and stand-up taught you to kind of slow down and let it breathe yeah and i think uh there's something in buddha like life happens in the stillness and that's what meditation is about like getting to a point that you're just so still that you're kind of all the clutter in your mind kind of drops and then kind of your pure thing can pop out like at the library yeah at the library 
do, uh, now we're getting into fall weather. Uh, you got some corduroys? Are you a corduroy fan? Yeah, I am. I gotta find a new pair. I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had a pair in a couple years, but it's a good reminder that I should get a new pair of corduroys. Brown, black, or green? Always brown. Always brown. Yeah, the thing about my corduroys, I got a great pair of green ones that are oh. soft. I love them. Uh, but they're all torn at the end. They kind of wore away. And then the corduroy, like the ridges, you know, once they start going flat, you know, it's kind of, you know, all, all my, you, they kind of wear away. So I need a nice, there's something, I don't know why it feel, corduroy feels so good in the fall. I don't know what it's made out of. Yeah, that stitch is like, flip, 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 flip. yeah. It's a crazy stitch. Yeah. But uh, it's a good vibe and a warm vibe. And that's kind of like what I wanted with this podcast, you know, with coffee, cannabis. We don't have to smoke pot. I might smoke some pot after this. But uh, talking to Joe, I feel already kind of high uh, in a good way. It's more about slowing down and uh, checking out birds and traffic, which we've done here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Just to wrap up, I guess, uh, where are you at with cannabis? Do you enjoy it? Do you like it? You're, I know you're more of a uh, beer and wings type of guy at the end of the day. Yeah, mostly beer and wings. You got mostly beer yeah. and wings. And pie. This was a great piece of pie. And pie, yeah. This is really, yeah. Yeah, I lived up to the expectations. Yeah, check out 420. 4N20 Blackbird. It's literally the best pie in Brooklyn. The crust is ridiculous. Uh, the apples hit the spot. The guest couldn't be better. Uh, yeah, that's it. Well, we can wrap it up with that, Joe. Is there anything you want to tell the good people out there of the Cannabis Coffee Hour? Just, uh, if you want to watch a nice comedy special, just slow and steady on YouTube. And yeah, thank you for having me, Rob. It's so always a pleasure to hang out with you outside yeah i i agree joe i was looking forward to this and i know you're you're pumping up this special and you've been on uh good morning america this morning and <laughs> and, and uh you talked to uh, usa today and then you stopped by the cannabis coffee hour for a slice of pie for your busy schedule joe i just appreciate your time i appreciate you appreciate your comedy likewise Rob. oh you're the best buddy yeah uh one love everybody Peace and love. That's it.